0: Hi, this is Julia. Welcome to I Have Help. Interviews about the support in our lives, the paid and unpaid childcare, housework, and support we utilize to try to make our lives run smoothly. Today on the podcast, I chat with the amazing Mariel. Mariel is a yoga teacher and a life coach with a wonderfully uplifting online presence. Marielle brings so much wisdom with her, and I hope you can feel her positive energy through the microphone. We chat about her ever-adapting support system and her purposeful choices she's made in parenting and in life. We chatted before the Christmas break, and since then, she and her family have moved from London to Spain for a change of pace. Next week's episode will be an update with Mariel to hear about her updated situation and the decision to move her family. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so getting started. Hi, Marielle. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, so today I have a very dear friend, Marielle, joining me. So can you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about
1: tell us a little bit about your family and your setup? Sure. So hi, I'm Marielle. I am a yoga teacher and a life coach. Uh, hopefully, about to start my career in psychotherapy as well. Uh, married. My husband has always worked in real estate for the most part, and Uh, decided to take an eight-month sabbatical uh, end of last year to kind of reset his conditioning a little bit. I think Mm -hmm. he's going to start his own um, business now, so that's really exciting. And we've got two kids. We've got Saya, who's four, and Liam, who's going to turn two. Mm
0: -hmm. I have him down as 18 months, but when is his birthday? December 1st. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I feel so like sad. I always like think of kids in those blocks, like yeah.
1: nearly two, like yeah. or like
0: one, 18 months, and yeah. Then and two. then two. I
1: was about to say he's two, but then I'm like, no, no, he's not. I know, yeah. I've been counting. I mean, literally, it's a month away. So I've been two. counting up with
0: Fritz recently and just telling everyone he's four, and he is like, no, Mama, I am no. not I am not four. Not it's yet. yet. It's like, not yet. He's like got like twenty days left. I love like, it. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. So cute. <laughs> um, so take me back to when you were pregnant with saya and kind of what your expectations were with help and motherhood what did you think and envision that that would look like
1: it's so interesting i um my whole life the only thing i ever knew i wanted to be was a mother and i think when i fell pregnant with saya um I don't. I don't know that I thought that far. To be honest, I think in, it, it's so. You learn so much with that yeah. first pregnancy. Um, So I. I didn't think about help at that point. Um, we live in London, and our families. My husband's family's in the U.S. My family's in Mexico. Um, but I, if I remember correctly, I don't have much recollection of like worrying about what help would be like. What one thing is, we got closer towards my due date uh, was obviously a lot of people talking about night nurses and, and things like that. And for me personally at that time, and actually I re- same thing with Liam, I didn't want anyone to take away any opportunity for me to be with my child. And I kind of, especially once I had Sia and I knew what night feeds and nighttime was like, even though it was horrendous because <laughs> hmm. I mean, you really don't sleep. Um, I just couldn't imagine someone soothing my child other than me and then also I didn't really understand how it would work otherwise um because I'd be feeding her um so I never really felt uh called to or the need for support until about Saya was it wasn't even that long. I, I, at about three months, I started to feel the urge to go back to teaching yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, but I worked at a beautiful studio in Parsons Green uh, back when they still had a reception. And I would take Saya and they would hold her at reception Aww. while I taught my class. And then I'd come get her after class and we'd go home. And it was like my, my, my time, which was wonderful. Um, and so I did that for quite a while and then COVID hit. And so... We made a decision as a family to move to Mexico and actually for about six months, we stayed in Mexico sort of during the height of like the early days of COVID. Yeah. And um, that was incredible because not only did I have my parents, my brother, his whole family, his extended family, uh, we ended up finding a nanny who moved in with us during COVID and, and stayed with us, eventually came to London with us. Uh, to help us with Saya. And so I had a very, very fortunate um, experience at a very unfortunate time, whereby I could be with my daughter a lot and know that she was surrounded by family, know that she was surrounded by love, full-time help. With her, it was only one child. Yeah. Uh, My husband was in between jobs at the time, and we actually ended up uh, co-founding a business. And I remember it's probably the busiest I've ever been, but also some of the best moments I can remember, because you know, I felt very supported, super support. Yeah. I mean that that was the village, right? Yeah. It, and in a in a funny way, because it, we were in you know peak isolation, Um, but my family all live near each other. My parents run a hotel that closed down during COVID, Um, so we just had a lot of space. We just had a lot of company, and yeah, it felt like a village. I I I, I look back on the first my first Saya. Um, and it was incredible. The pregnancy was incredible. the labor was not <laughs> uh, but everything after it
0: was was amazing, so yeah, yeah. I remember my my doctor, I also had a, a rough labor with my first, and going in for my second when I was pregnant, and I was a bit nervous and saying, "Oh no, my doctor kind of kindly, very lovely said. Well, you know, the first birth is always a bit of a shit show. And
1: I was like, oh, no one, <laughs> wish no one, one did me it, me yeah, that. Yeah.
0: He that heads up before. So apologies to anyone who's listening yeah. who's yeah. pregnant with their first. It might be a bit of a shit show, but that's the yeah. expectation because your body's never done it before. Exactly. And you really, you never know. You can't plan. It's, yeah. um... So then pregnancy with Liam, how did that go? And what, what did that look like?
1: Oh, uh, poor Liam. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I got to change that narrative. Um, so pregnancy with Liam was hard. But I think because I had set myself up um, for how things were when we were still in Mexico, we ended up coming back to the UK. Um, our nanny ended up uh, going back to Mexico. We ended up finding help in the UK, but it wasn't full time anymore. So yeah, and she she had very um, sort of set hours that ended earlier in the day. Um, we were lucky that we had help with Saya, but we didn't put her into nursery until she was two and a half. Mm. Um, so the nanny would help with, with Saya while I was pregnant. I was still running this business. I was very sick. Um, I, I had a lot of nausea with both of them in the first trimester. And then I ended up getting a kidney infection. And then later mm. I got a lung infection. Yeah, I had a lot of things. And plus, you know, it's, Covid and talks of vaccinations. It, yeah. There was just a lot of pressure back then. Um, it felt it. I I was pregnant around the
0: same time, and I felt like that it was a heightened. It wasn't the height of Covid, but everything felt very heightened because yeah. nothing was settled yet. Things mm. were open, but everything was still quite tense, and so there was this yeah. false openness but also with all of the added stress. Totally. And additionally, because it wasn't this bubble of COVID Mm. that felt quite safe. Yeah. It was open, but still the threat was there and it was...
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think... um, Yeah. I I think we got quite comfortable in our COVID bubble. Mm. Uh, So the opening was a bit of a a, A shock shock to the system. Um, And yeah, the, the... the help changed. Um, we found genuinely the most incredible nanny mm-hmm. I, I've ever worked with. Um, but I did find that because I had gotten so used to having overnight support, mm-hmm. um, and I should probably backtrack and, and explain our situation with our sleeping, um, so we co-sleep. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily a decision that we started with because Saya. Um, at some point did sleep in her room, but because we had moved to Mexico and come back, there was a lot of instability. And when we came back, her nanny ended up going back to Mexico. And she just, I think for for our sake and also for my pregnancy's sake, we were like, we're just gonna let her sleep with us because it was when she would sleep through the night and we just, at some point you're like, I just need to sleep, really don't care how. Yeah. Um, And so Saya's has always slept with us. She's now almost four, she still sleeps with us. Um, can I
0: can I ask you a question? How so? Do you put does she go to bed in your bed? Yeah, and then you join her later.
1: And yeah. You, so you put well, her down so there. she we we stay with her until she falls asleep. She thinks that we're there. If she wakes <gasps> up, she'll she gets quite nervous that we're not there. Uh, but girl. she now knows that like we're just downstairs. or yeah. You know, mom's brushing her teeth or whatever. Um, but it's it's difficult when. I'm very happy with our decision, but I do realize that as parents, it has one disrupted our personal life. Yeah, um, and it's it, it, you know now with the seconds, it's quite challenging because you have a four don't people. sleep in a bed. Yeah, <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of disrupted things. But I do feel like with all the, especially because we've been traveling for the last eight months. Um, kids need some form of stability yeah. and i think for us it's been we're a tight knit unit and we want them to know that nannies might change homes might change we won't change right and that we're there and that they if they're scared we'll be there to support them so that's kind of been our our priority with sleeping arrangements but when this nanny was with us um she was like an extension of our family we would actually take turns sleeping with saya the three Aww. of us Aww. um so it was, it was really lovely. And actually every nanny we've had has been very much an extension of our family. But when our London nanny came into the picture, she has her own family. She would leave it around like 5 PM. Um, it just, it just meant that it was sort of all hands on deck at nighttime. And yeah, you know, with me trying to get back into work and being pregnant and my husband working, um, that was rough. That, that was, and um, when Liam was born, Again, we didn't do a night nurse, but I will say that we hired a night nurse when he was, I don't know, like five months old, on and off. Mm, I mean, for a while. (laughs) I mean, not on and off as in like regularly, but like almost as a treat. My husband and I would be like, we don't want to go on holiday. We don't want to go to a fancy hotel. We just need someone to take one of the kids so we can get a good night's sleep. Yeah. Um, And I get the whole night nurse thing in the early days because, it's quite crippling. Um, sleep deprivation. Sleep deprivation. You, want, you start to understand how it can be used as torture. Torture. I was just going to yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It uh, really yeah.
0: starts to to impact everything. Everything. Else. Yeah. I I I didn't use a night nurse, and part of it. I didn't, I felt the same way. I wanted that connection, even though it's hard. Felix had reflux, and I didn't really trust anyone else mm. to, to comfort him when he would be so upset. But then with hindsight, it was like that was what I needed most. I needed a really good night's sleep. But yeah. I'm, I think I'm just too much of a control freak to say yeah. I didn't really want anyone in my space. Yeah. But now with hindsight, like that probably would have been the thing, Hopefully. even like, again, like you said, ad hoc as a treat to say I need a really good night's sleep because that is the best reset
1: oh completely I mean it it, yeah and and now even my husband and I um because with Liam same uh, the instability but poor Liam's been he's been in and out of, of all sorts of illnesses um so we've started only recently really but him and I taking turns with both kids. Mm. So as opposed to being William, Cy, and I, it's now Cy and Liam and a parent. Yeah. And then one of us will get a good night's sleep. Do you think
0: that, the, that Cy and Liam are her, like have that connection sleeping with each other? Or do they realize that they're in the bed together?
1: They've started or to. Or is it kind
0: of a parent in between
1: no no it's them it's usually them together with a buffer (laughs) because saya rolls off the bed religiously uh liam's never fallen off the bed but saya i mean even at the age of four probably would um they very much know they're there to the point where i they they love each other they have a beautiful relationship but there's a lot of jealousy Mm. And I think even in their sleep, they don't realize that they're doing it, but like they'll they'll jump on top of each other or one will like slap the other and leg on top of the head. And, <laughs> and they'll mirror each other, too. Like I'll wake up and, you know, Saya's feet are in my face and Liam's head's on the other side and then I'll wake up again and it's swapped. Um, it, it's it, I mean, it's sweet. I, I really for. All the sleeplessness, and especially with everything that's going in the, on in the world today, yeah. I actually feel most comfortable and safest knowing that my babies are next to me.
0: Yeah, I I get that. My My boys both sleep. They share a room, which they have grown to really love. I can't wait for that. And I, and I can't wait for that. We When we were just on vacation, they had a bunk bed, and they just brought up the best Loved bed. it, yeah. And I think it's so adorable. But one or the other will be in our bed by 5 a.m., basically every morning and then sometimes it's a bit of cuddling and sleeping until a little bit later but I really do love occasionally I'll have both and they'll both be asleep and it's just the best feeling but I don't really sleep when they're there but I'm just sitting there kind of soaking it
1: in it's those weird moments where like you hate the sleep deprivation but you're sitting there thinking gosh I'm so blessed like this moment is I don't mind that I'm tired like this is worth it
0: yeah So talk me through what your setup is now, because I know Sai is at school. Yeah. Or I guess nursery, um, for those Americans listening. Nursery is before school, but it's not quite daycare in the U.K., but she's at nursery, Mm
1: -hmm. um,
0: the same nursery as my kids, but different location, which is lovely, lovely school.
1: Beautiful, beautiful school. Um, Yeah, Sai is at school. Um, We have debated putting Liam um liam's really i don't want to put labels but for lack of a better word needy mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh and and st- i still see him really young and i i look at cyan we didn't put her in school until she was about two and a half um i'll be honest and Hopefully not get into trouble for being honest um, When we started our sabbatical um, My husband had left his job And it was sort of like a whole family reset And that meant that we were going to lose This like Mary Poppins nanny that we had mm. uh, And that was heartbreaking But she was also really expensive Yeah <laughs> Worth every penny um, But expensive but Just expensive to the point that uh, I She made more than I did mm. Which you know for the women out there working to pay for their help. I mean, I, I just couldn't keep up. Um, and so when we decided to come back to London, cause Saya got accepted into this nursery and we were still trying to figure out our next moves. Um, we came back with our nanny from Mexico who's on holiday mm. <laughs> for any, um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, she 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 actually I mean genuinely she's leaving the country uh in 2 weeks. So that's devastating. I, I promise. She's like. <laughs> I swear. No, she she she's got a wedding uh and not coming back. So we're 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 actually trying to figure out what we're going to do um in terms of help. It, granted it's only until the end of the year and I'll probably um become a full-time mom again for that time So Uh, is in school is she in full time no so she's in school until two and actually Mm. that's something that williams brought up like shall we put her in for longer days days? maybe just a couple days a week um which i'm i'm not opposed to and then it's the question of of liam we're also like midterm so it's kind of hard to figure things out now (laughs) But there's
0: um, there's a uh, kids often join. Yeah. We actually a girl just joined. Um, really, they just moved from the U.S. and they just joined midterm, Okay, uh, and That's I know, know. O- they often have new starters start yeah. in January. And I know that the well.
1: afternoons are usually more available. Yeah, because um, so, it's a
0: shorter it's a shorter chunk. So yeah. normally the the nursery day goes the drop-off is anywhere between eight and nine, and then that goes. I think the afternoon pickup is at 2. Yeah. And so they can nap there if they're still napping or they don't. Yeah. Um, and then the afternoon session starts at 2.15. I think I the think drop two, off yeah. is the same. So yeah, 2, yeah, yeah. 2.15. Two and then it pickup is anywhere between 5.30 and, and so 6. It's a, long and so day. it's a long full day. Um, both of my boys have done it
1: yeah.
0: since the get go. Um, and I think that the feedback that I got from the school was that the kids who do the full days actually settle faster because it's their routine is so set they go to school for the day where when they have kind of kids who do a couple days here and there or an afternoon it's the schedule is less predictable so Mm. the kids don't know what they're doing next and so it's a it's a hard a bit harder for them to settle. So I would say my my experience with my boys has been that the full days were really beneficial because they really knew that when they go to school they know exactly what they're doing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and Felix was quite young when he started, yeah. and he just really really loved it. They're so warm there, and the teachers yeah. are so wonderful.
1: I think I think my son, especially looking at his sister, I think he really yearns for mm-hmm. activity and kids and. Play because I I do. You know, we try to put them in classes and things, but it's you kind of run out of. And and that's the. the, I mean, it's so difficult, but that's part of our decision to move as well. I -hmm. think it's coming back to London. It's so funny how you get caught in this loop of I need. They need to be busy. I need to more activities and more activities. And right after school, she's going to go to swimming, and right after this, she's going to go to drama, and right and she's poor yeah um and you know we just came out of several months of you know she was going to jungle school and playing outside barefoot and um so we're we're caught between that can we find more things for them to do because we're busy right we want to do stuff um versus you know at what point can we just let them be be wild and yeah it's hard parenting you out of the forest school here um, I have heard of it and I haven't looked at it. I'm just going into winter. I'm like, how much outdoor activity? They, they go outdoor every outdoor day. Every day, right? They just
0: bundle them up. They go every It day. Doesn't yeah. matter if it's raining, pouring, freezing. They go every day. And they don't have a physical space. Yeah, that's true. It's, I it's, did hear that. It's truly outdoor. I mean,
1: that's amazing. I love yeah. that. And I, I think that the the mother who's been like one cold after another is like, oh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I'm like they're probably gonna get sick anyway, so like might as well let them be outside. Yeah, yeah I love that.
0: Um, so do you have any? So we've kind of talked through your paid help because you have a, you have a nanny right now at school. Yeah. Um, and then do you have any unpaid help? Any
1: family nearby? Any no? No, yeah. sadly. And I have a beautiful family, but my parents are sort of very short term help. I like like they'll the, yeah yeah. Whereas my mother in law is. Heaven sent. She, when she visits, she's like what you would imagine, like a, a lovely grandma that can let like, you can leave yeah. the kids with them and everything will be fine. um But she's really the only grandparent that we could that we could or have done that with. Um, and so she's no, in. And she's in the U.S. And she's in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So she comes and she visits from time to time, but it's only like a week or two weeks if we're lucky here and there. Um, it's always such a. It's a. It's such a bittersweet taste of kind of what it could be what it like could be. That's yeah. what
0: that's how I feel when my mom comes and I just it makes me homesick in a way for that support and that totally. that trusted easy
1: handoff yeah and you yeah. think of like the cousins my daughter yeah. adores her cousins and I just think wow how wonderful would it be to grow up within a family unit like that and to yeah. have that family and um, it's difficult I, I really my grandma recently passed away and, and I just can't help but think you know when we talk about the village it's it's birth and death, like where's it gone? yeah, it's that yeah. Village.
0: it is i I'm so sorry to hear about your loss, and I know she was Thank such you. a special woman um, and that's it does it highlights kind of what we're here for, mm. and it's those connections and that and that create that village throughout life and yeah. it's it's hard to see when it disappears because that's when you see it most clearly yeah uh, um, so is there anything that you're doing now um that you purposefully outsource. So I, for example, purposefully outsource cleaning and laundry. I cannot handle cleaning oh, yes. either. <laughs> but um, anything anything
1: that you do. We have a cleaner. Um mm-hmm. we have a cleaner and that's that's something that um I absolutely wouldn't sacrifice. Um not that there's anything wrong with people who do their own cleaning and laundry and I, mm. I, I just it, it's that one piece of mind, right? I, I um i i have adhd add i'm not really that aware. um but i my mind's quite chaotic and i respond to environments so mm. overstimulation and messiness uh really impacts me and having kids you, you can't not be messy yeah um so we have a cleaner that comes to the house three times a week and she'll work with us for four hours and within those four hours she'll take care of everything that can possibly be taken care of within that yeah. uh, time frame and and i yeah i i will that's something that i wouldn't in the same way i don't like messiness but I am bad at tidying.
0: Totally. Yeah, no, really. <laughs> it's like my own pet peeve that I yeah. really have a hard time fixing myself.
1: Yeah, but I mean, when you think of especially motherhood, I mean, it. it, it there's so much to do. It's it's such hard work. That cleaning is like the last thing you really It just <laughs> adds to a lot of already mess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, so
0: tell me about something that you hold sacred. What do you do for yourself? Either hold sacred for your family or hold sacred for yourself or both.
1: Beautiful question. I think I, I've learned and I know that it is essential for me to be doing something that I enjoy and feel passionate about. And I hold that very sacred. I think for a long time, there's so much guilt around motherhood and, and the question of, you know, quantity versus quality. And I know that I can be the kind of mom that I want to be and that I, I, I love being when I give myself time for me, mm. um, and sort of fill my cup and give from the overflow. And so I, I, make sure that I am doing things that I'm passionate about. And it's difficult because, um, I don't have a nine to five job. I'm, I'm self self So it's important to have boundaries around that yeah. space because it can also lead to overwhelm right? Like I really want to do this thing. And then my kids are calling for me and I'm working from home and they know I'm there. And, um, so as long as I have good boundaries, I do feel like I'm fulfilled and then I can sort of, um, set the example for them and that Mm. I hold incredibly sacred because we parent, um, a lot of times unconsciously and, and stemming from the way our parents parented us and, I think if I can give myself time to be more aware, then I'm much more careful about not repeating some of the mistakes I feel like my parents may have made Mm. with me. I just feel, and that's important. And then family sacredness, it's usually mornings and night times when we're all together. Um, We haven't done it for a while, but we went through this streak where my husband would play music. He still kind of does in the mornings and we would just Mm -hmm. have like parties, like just like dance parties. And my daughter dances. I mean, it just gives me the most extreme joy because she is just, she could not care less how Aww. she looks, but she looks so cool, too. Like, she's just a little raver. Uh, and then my son gets really excited, so he, like, moves his hands. Um, the hype man. <laughs> yeah, he's like the hype man, totally. Um, and it, And it's really sweet. And we've actually had moments of, like, picking up instruments, and we'll just, like, jam together uh not that anyone beyond my husband can actually play um (laughs) but it's it's just sweet it's a a, a nighttime books um we have these musical books there's it's always music we have these Mm -hmm. musical books that both of my kids will fight over and one of them's a nighttime songs yeah and it plays the rhythm and you sing the song uh and so my daughter won't let us go to sleep until we've been through the whole book i'm gonna need that book quite a few songs um but it, it's really lovely and and i, I think they that. both yeah they really enjoy it and then um there's this beautiful app called moshi mm. and so we'll listen they do moshi meditations and the kids will fall asleep to a moshi meditation and then my daughter loves picking her i love that yeah,
0: Cute. what is your current pain point with your setup
1: uh, working from home and knowing that my kids know that I'm there and then feeling the guilt of not being there when they know I'm there and the confusion around it. My mm-hmm. daughter's quite good at understanding like mommy's going to work right yes. now. And you know, if I can, I'll, I'll be there and I do my best to take her to school and pick her up. Um, my son doesn't really get it. And again, that sort of neediness, I don't know if it's driven by a feeling of knowing I'm there, but not with him. So that there's guilt and, it's so hard because my husband works from home too, but it somehow it doesn't Feel happen insane. to him. Yeah. <laughs> He'll sit in the kitchen and yeah. like still not, you know, be, be disturbed. Comple- or... Be completely focused totally. and unbothered. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Men are just amazing uh, in that way, I aren't know. they? Yeah,
0: it's
1: wonderful. <laughs> um, but that that's a bit of a pain point. And again, it's like comfort for me because I like working from home, but probably at some point it would make sense for me to leave the house because I think it's easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, less so when my kid, both of them go to school um but afternoons i think afternoons
0: and going into the evenings it's just a tricky time everyone's tired but they yeah. want that last bit of yeah energy release yeah you know, sometimes that can be the, the really the hardest 45 minutes or an hour
1: of a, of a day yeah. yeah yeah it's so true
0: so looking back on kind of what you've what you've done and how you've set things up is there anything that you uh would do differently um
1: it's funny, like if I was trying to give advice, it's so twofold. Like I, I, would want people to experience both if they could, so that they can then choose what works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I would say w- with Saya uh, when she was born, like my personal feeling, and I know that everyone's different. It's really hard until you've done it to know that it works for you. But like I would say, like get yourself in a bubble for like two months and don't care that you're tired, don't care that everything's a mess. Like really try to just cherish. Mm. that early time um but then when you come out of it and you still feel like you're yeah. falling apart get help yeah. like really do I think um yeah we it, uh, women in particular there's this sense of we need to do it all and um I think it's it's our own downfall and that feeling of guilt about not being able to do it all it's recognizing that we we can't possibly and and we need a village and we need support, and. Sometimes our husbands don't understand what that is like for us, you know, because because, yes, but they're there to support as well. But um, I think they they also need support, too, to be fair. So really, if you don't have family, and I think a lot of us that live in these cities, we don't have family nearby. Um, So it's having that honest conversation of like, what do I need to do to get the rest and the support that I need to be the kind of parent I want to be? Uh, and when it doesn't work out, to be gentle, right? Like we're all going through this. Yeah. Nobody, it, I think because everyone does it, there's yeah. this assumption that it's easy. Yeah. And we need to kind of break that assumption because it is not easy. I've never met a parent who has ever said that it's easy. Yeah. Um, and if we all recognize that and we're a little more open about how challenging it is, we wouldn't feel so guilty about getting support. You know? and less judgy as well. Like, yeah, I didn't get a night nurse, but I totally understand why people do. Yeah. Um, and it may have worked for me, but I also understand, like, I think, um, I genuinely believe I had postpartum depression, but late. I got it when Saya was about a year. And I think it was around the time I got pregnant the second time and and you can have postpartum depression yeah. much later. Uh, whereas in the early days with Saya, like, I, I didn't feel the exhaustion that a lot of women do feel. So for me it it felt right and normal to not have help. I, I didn't need it. I genuinely I I don't know, we, we encapsulated my placenta. I don't know the rumors about that working. I don't know. Something really just worked for me and I, I actually loved that early stage uh with my daughter. Hated the breastfeeding. Did not work for me. <laughs> The first time around, but I I just remembered there like a bubble and I was fine in it, but I've spoken to women and I know that they were not fine. And I can tell you with my son, I've gone through moments that I didn't experience with my daughter of mom rage and just hitting a point where you just can't imagine you could hit and looking around and no one else there. Right. And like really needing help. Yeah. I think that's something that I hope people feel more comfortable leaning into because the rage is normal but we shouldn't we, experience it alone. We shouldn't experience it alone. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And and we need our, our release
0: and, and yeah. And we and like we that. need a community around us to tell us what you're feeling is normal. Totally. It doesn't define who you are. It doesn't change how much you love your children. Mm. But it it will pass as well. Yeah. And we need to get support, mm. whatever type of support that looks like to move on to the next stage of motherhood because there's stages that are really rough. Yeah. And, there are stages that are really beautiful, mm-hmm. and some of those coinc- <laughs> are at yeah, the same time. Exactly. What was the phrase that you just... That you Br- spent-
1: Brutiful. Brutal. Uh, I think it's Glennon Doyle that... Yeah. that I, I think she was describing something else, but just the combination of brutal and beautiful. Um, we just have these brutal experiences in motherhood that are hard to separate, but that they're... Yeah. They're there, and, and they're worth it. And you love it and you hate it at the same time. You love it and you hate it at the same time. Yeah, you can hold two truths. Yeah. Right? I think it's the realization that that's absolutely possible and definitely normal. I love talking to you. I feel
0: like I could just chat with you for hours likewise so the last um little random fun questions for you (laughs) the first is the best holiday you've been on as a family and what was that kind of set up like
1: man um i wish i could remember the name and maybe we can share it afterwards but we went to portugal um and it was just this incredible hotel that was family friendly they had activities for the kids Mm -hmm swimming pool like it was very like has the stuff for the adults has the stuff for the kids and the lunch was kind of in between the kid area and the pool so you kind of have your eyes on your kids mm. but they're entertained and taken care of I will also add that we brought our nanny on that trip mm. um, and it just, everything just felt very relaxing <laughs> which holidays with children yeah. I have to admit are did they have holidays.
0: a did they have a kids club or a crush
1: Um, so I,
0: or did you not utilize that you had your nanny?
1: I've got to be honest, I. Even living here, I still don't fully understand what a crush is. I want to say that, yes, they did. So they had a woman with activities and, like, a play area. It was one person, but Uh, the hotel's very small, so there were maybe, like, three kids. Got it. Um, My parents kind of do this in our hotel in Mexico. They'll have, like, a nanny come where people can eat and leave their kids with that person, and they'll face paint, or they'll draw, or they'll make bracelets. or And they'd have, like, specific activities, too. Like, at 2 o'clock, we'll be, I don't know, making bracelets, or is something and you can sign the kids up mm. um my daughter was young she was three I think and my son was very young um so he needed full-time support but we had the nanny and then my daughter had activities she was mm. entertained uh it was just it was just nice it just it felt easy it's, it's one of the rare holidays we've had that, that felt um easy, easy. <laughs> well we'll look that up I'll send I'll, you yeah I'll I'm, I'm just going to start
0: collecting a, a list of you things should. because the best kid, kid-friendly kid hotels, I think there's co- collections of lists online, but I don't find... It's like I want to know someone who's been I mean, there. Yeah, exactly. Right? Definitely. So last question, what is your guilty pleasure to unwind? Like a true <laughs> guilty pleasure, or not that um, uh, you uh,
1: do um, yoga. Because uh, I know you do yoga professionally, so yeah, you need no, a real guilty pleasure. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Um, I... I haven't recently, because I can get lost in these, uh, but while we were traveling um, on our sabbatical, I think I read every single Bridgerton book. And I want to... <laughs> I'm trying to remember her name, the author. Um, but she's got, like, the- offshoots of the books. So she's got, like, the prequels. And, like, I, I, I will not lie, I think I read 10 of her books. <laughs> uh, don't ask me I how that. or when, my husband would literally be like, you want to watch a movie? I'm like, no. Uh, what was, I'm, which one
0: was your favorite storyline? Because now it's, uh, a, have you watched the Netflix show?
1: Yes, I have. The books are always better. Uh, um, yeah, of course. My favorite, so of the Bridgerton series, that's a really good, I, I've, and again, I've read all of them, so now I have to think about like what the sibling names are. Um, it was actually one of the last ones that I liked the most, and I skipped the order because um, not to ruin it for for people, to <laughs> Spoiler, spoiler, me, Bridgerton no, I, spoiler. I, know, I can't even remember her name, but uh, one of the sisters gets married and her husband dies. Oh. So it's the story; it's her story. And I was ah. like, "Well, I don't want to read the story of like the husband." No, but it's actually her story after the husband dies, and I, I really like that one. Um, but I'll have to say my favorite one—I <laughs> <laughs> don't know if I should be embarrassed. I'm not. Um, was actually before it's this; it's the Bridgerton. Um, prequel and I think it's the brother's called Andrew and it's like a he's like a um like a pirate <laughs> and, and he, it's a story of like she gets kidnapped on the boat and like taken to oh yeah it's, but I just you know what I have this to say I, I think I love the way she writes it's just the the um I love banter mm, I love reading yeah. about like I love really good banter and just like books that can really like communicate chemistry and um i think that it's a
0: perfect pairing with her and shonda rhimes because shonda yeah, rhimes writes banter so yeah, well yeah that i it think really it does. was really it's kind of like the author maybe was hoping that shonda yeah. would pick that up because yeah it feels very true I, i've only read half of one of the first ones i I think I enjoyed the show and then I kind of wanted to get to get into it. And then I I put it down and I don't know why I didn't pick it back
1: up, but you'll all careful. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I think it's something definitely with motherhood. um, And I have, I'm very fortunate. I have a very good relationship with my husband and he's just heaven sent for me, but the just having that escapism, but also Mm. bringing that romance back. Right. Because I think for relationships, it really takes a toll. And, and again, I, I really want people to normalize how hard it is on the relationship yeah. of parents raising children. And it's part of the process. And I, I think we, we all go through it. But Have you read um, uh,
0: How Not to Hate Your Husband After Having Kids? No. Okay. The title is insane. I mean, it's great. But it's maybe <laughs> one of the best books on that subject. Yeah. Kind of the reality of it's very research backed. It's, it's really interesting. It's a very catchy title on yeah. purpose because if she had written, you know, like the best ways to keep your, it would have yeah. been boring. But um, it is. I have recommended it to basically every person who I who is married, thinking about having kids, has kids, because it's just kind of effective communication. Oh, it's so important. And because kind of when you're in the thick of it, mm. communication, and especially when you're sleep deprived, and the the real the real pain point in the relationship. Are your kids that are that you love more than anything? Yeah. But um, yeah, we
1: we resort to um, sort of very raw forms of mm-hmm. uh, interacting. Y- you lose all your awareness and calmness and ability to articulate, yeah. which I find uh, so fascinating because I think you are maybe one of the most zen people. Oh but- no, I I I'm very lucky in that I have a husband who knows me and understands me, and I think hopefully, um, it, yeah. No, I. I and the beautiful thing about motherhood is just we, we really do repeat what our parents did. And my mom was very good at holding things in and kind of doing mm. the silence treatment, but sort of passive aggressively. Mm. Uh, and I think I do that sometimes. And, you know, when we talk about help, like husbands in particular, they can't read your mind no. and they really yeah. don't know what it's like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and many times it's very hard for them because they don't know what it's like, you know, yeah. from the changes in our bodies to the difficulties with breastfeeding to things that they cannot possibly help us with, right? Um and it becomes really important to be able to communicate that, that we're struggling because we assume they see it or know it and assumptions, you know, make an ass.
0: And as I'm learning with the toddlers, they're learning about their emotions and naming the emotions because mm. naming the emotions is the first step to to processing them and kind of as an adult you're kind of like oh I I need I to, need do, to do this as yeah. well like naming the emotion like I'm feeling this yeah. is a way to then just add that layer of communication because you're right no one can read your mind and passive aggression is I'm guilty of it as well uh-huh. yeah
1: and,
0: and then resenting that someone is not reading your mind and knowing exactly what
1: you're frustrated right. about yeah. yeah and and separating yourself from the emotion because I think as as mothers again coming back to the guilt like you aren't your anger you're not your rage you're yeah. not your sadness like these are things that we're experiencing um but separating ourselves from them kind of takes away the shame right yeah. like it's saying i'm going through a period of um frustration frustration I'm, yeah i'm experiencing a lot of anger mm. but you know you're not an angry mom you're not right. a bad mom you're not right. um so it's just working through the narratives that we create around the things that we do. Mm -hmm. Just finding that kindness and compassion is, again, it's brutal. Yeah, (laughs) it is brutal.
0: Thank you so much for chatting today. So can you tell everyone where to find you?
1: You've got loads of Uh, stuff going on. And also
0: explain some of the stuff that you've got going on.
1: Yeah, I've always got something. (laughs) Something brewing. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Mariel Whitman. My website is also marielwhitman.com. Um, I do one-to-one personalized coaching. I have a yoga and mindfulness app. Um, That's the name and of the app. so the app is mindful Sonder. And again, you can uh, find it through the website or through my Instagram. Um, and I'm hosting retreats. Unfortunately, the last one's going to be Probably after this release. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I will. I'm, I'm hosting retreats in Mexico and hope to do more around the world. Uh, great opportunities to really just make time for yourself and do a little introspection, a little work. I think the more we can, uh, parenting is like the best growth opportunity i think we're ever going to be faced with because you've got these children that are mirroring everything back to you and kind of a reflection of your own inner child so um doing the work so we don't repeat a lot of the same mistakes um and we can just bring a little more consciousness to our parenting styles
0: amazing thank you so much for having me a lovely day thank you for listening to i have Help. If you've enjoyed this episode, hit follow or subscribe, and please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love feedback, so please tell me how I'm doing. You can find me on Instagram at I have help. And if you're interested in being on the show or participating in any way, drop me a DM or fill out the survey at the top of the profile. Thanks again. Chat soon.